0: The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casino. Nothing else comes close. Here comes Stevenson moving the Wabrowski, star. One minute, 39 seconds in. Now Star lays one back in. Stevenson, Star. Cade, with a shot, they score! Cade tried to get a throw, and it's Carlson, 3-0 Golden Knights, for 5 seconds, save day by Hill, Bennett looking for the puck, comes out in front, oh, it's all over! Live. we are at the rick martin memorial golf classic today uh radio only extravaganza here on wgr and marty Baron, the game four may well in fact be over but this cup final may still be a long ways from over based on how the games are spread out the rest of the way and we're still waiting for game five on tuesday where <laughs> the vegas golden knights have a chance to wrap it up and win the stanley cup lots to get to combine is behind us that mean the draft is right in front of us and of course lots more names Over the course of the weekend, entering the NHL rumor mill, so lots to dive in on. How are you, my friend? And how likely is it that you will be carrying our group this afternoon here at River Oaks?
1: unlikely that i'll be carrying the group duffer i haven't hit a golf ball yet this year so it's going to be spraying all over river oaks uh this afternoon so joe pinter our producer on uh, sabers game night and the sabers games on msg will have to carry us maybe tom mecca the excellent tom mecca is going to be carrying us i think he's uh joining us uh, duffer today but uh listen i think We're gonna talk about hockey, we're gonna talk about golf, gonna talk about a lot of things, but you this morning have to be one of the happiest person in the world because Nick Taylor had this fantastic finish at the Canadian Open. You always follow the Canadian golfers on the PGA Mm -hmm. tour. So that put a feather a feather in your map. Okay, I won't say the PGA tour. You follow Canadians in golf. And so, you know, when Corey Connors is doing good, you follow him, you follow Canadians in golf. So you had to be loving the fact that Nick Taylor did this, a feather in your map right there. But also, I want to talk about Saturday night game four and Chandler Stevenson. So that even brings a smile to your face because you love Chandler Stevenson, and he had a great game. Um, So, yeah. So are, are you a happy guy this morning, Duffer?
0: uh well i suppose that depends on whether i took my medication or not so the answer to that right now is no but um yeah i was pretty thrilled obviously <laughs> um my it's
1: because it's raining and we have to golf that's why you're no, not
0: happy no 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 Th- none <laughs> of those things matter that that's the beauty of where i'm at now um uh, things like that don't affect my mental well-being. I was super thrilled for Stevenson. I'm really excited for Vegas, although based on how I laid everything out last week and the fact that Florida now gets exactly two days off before each game, I still think there's a chance they come back and win the series. But I, of course, am unprofessionally rooting for um, Stevenson, for Carrier, for McNabb. Um, The one thing I will say and and maybe we should save it for tomorrow, but I think that it's not talked about enough what Vegas's true identity has been since their inception, and it continues to this day. It was a narrow uh, talking point on the broadcast in Game 4. I just don't think people realize how it has always been there for Vegas, and the reason it has always been there, and I'm not going to say what it is just yet, is because of Alec Ooh. Martinez, Braden McNabb, and Alex Petrangelo. And it has not mattered which of the 9 million goaltenders or 6 million coaches Vegas has had since their inception. They have built, been built around a foundation of defensemen who choose to play a certain way. And I don't think it is a reflection of what the coach wants or what the goaltenders prefer. But these three individuals, specifically Martinez and McNabb, but Petrangelo not far behind, their game is blocking shots. And it I know it flies counter to what some people want or expect in today's game. And it is by no means a recipe for ultimate success. But it can be an identifiable trait as to how you play. And I think block shots, especially. You know, with this group in front of Aiden Hill, it just um, it's an ongoing commitment to playing their way. And it was right there present until the final second before Matthew Kachuk's last second gasp, which would not have counted anyway. Um, I think it's remarkable. Marty, I went back and looked at the numbers from their inception. So six years now. No team in the Western Conference has had more block shots. But then when you narrow it down to the last four years in its entirety or the last three years in its entirety or the last two or the last one, no team has blocked more shots than the Vegas Golden Knights. And I think it is a huge reason why they are on the cusp of their first cup.
1: No, I totally agree with you. And it goes hand in hand two things right there it goes hand in hand with what we're looking at the Sabers decor and what they're trying to build or what they want to build right adding a, four, a top uh, four defensemen to go along with Dahlen and Power and look Dahlen and Power are going to have to block shots if Petrangelo and the top D on Vegas is doing it if the top D around the NHL are doing it they're going to have to do it and you've been better at that Dennison you know, can block a ton of shots but you still need another piece in the top four so what Vegas has built over the last six years since they entered the league and they added and they tweaked, the Sabres can take a page out of that and build moving forward. The one thing that Vegas is doing that is different this year than in the past few years is under Bruce Cassidy, they are extremely disciplined. They don't take many penalties. They Mm -hmm. don't give up a lot of power plays. But on the flip side of that, in the finals, Florida's power play is absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. They're 0 for 13 in four games on the power play. Now they got 17 seconds of power play at the end of game four when Petrangelo shot it out in the crowd, and it was a delay of game, and they were six on four, and they almost scored. It would have ran out of time despite Aiden Hill making a great save on Kachuk, and then Bennett. The clock had expired, but 0 for 13. I mean, these are these are bad numbers. You're not mm-hmm. getting a lot of opportunities, and you're not scoring. So that is a big problem. For Florida, even if they had gotten 15% in the finals so far, that's two goals. If they had gone 23%, that that's three goals. It makes a big difference. But instead, they're 0%. Vegas is doing a great job defensively, and they're not taking a lot of penalties.
0: The Petrangelo story is fascinating to me because we touched on him briefly last week with his pedigree and resume. He he does seem to be on a path where he could be considered as a Hall of Famer if he just keeps racking up even more and more wins and cups and all the rest of it. <laughs> so he had a moment with about, I think, I want to say like two minutes left. And the pressure was starting to mount. Vegas, it might have been six on five against them already at that point with the goalie out. Petrangelo made just a beautiful split-second but patient decision that completely shocked the Panthers and allowed for an easy exit out of the zone, as opposed to a panic play off the glass. Who knows what's going to happen, right? And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to talk (laughs) about this. Within 20 seconds, he then turned it over egregiously inside his blue line, but it just snuck out (laughs) to become offside. So he escaped that one and then he puts the puck over the glass. And I'm like, this is what people have to realize that all the best players in the game turn the puck over more because they have the puck more often. And it's not as pretty and perfect as it looks when you look at someone's (laughs) career resume. And I was laughing because I obviously love the guy, but I do watch them a lot and he makes some He makes some really tough decisions. And I just, I I throw that out as a reminder because I want people to realize that when Darlene and Samuelson and Power, we're going to see it over and over and over again. Don't dwell on the mistakes. Dwell on the good things over the course of 60 minutes of play that make these players better than their counterparts. But it is funny when it happens, not funny, but it is alarming when it happens in the moment, right? You see it all the time.
1: So- Funny enough, there's a great Kevin weeks Weeks Weeksyism about panicking with puck. So when Weeksy would see somebody panic with the puck, he'd say, oh, panic Perot. An ode to Yannick Perot, who played in the NHL. Now, just this weekend, I texted the group because Yannick Perot's son is – a a prospect to be drafted in the NHL his other son already got drafted so I'm like when Petrangelo had the puck and he shot it into the netting over the glass and took the delay of game penalty I was laughing because I'm like this is a true panic parole move by Alex Petrangelo because he looked like he wants to trim the puck then he's falling forward then he's like oh I gotta get make sure I get enough on this and I gotta get it in the glass and then he scoops it right over the net, right? So, but Vegas has done that this now in two games where they go up and they just go on their heels. And guys like Petrangelo, guys like Martinez, they. Can make better plays. I felt like at times they chipped it out. At times they just got it off the glass. They gave it back to Florida to counter. Give it back to Florida to counter. And I want to see Petrangelo and Martinez and and Theodore. I want to see them just play the game like it's it's one one. Like you're trying to score. And I don't think Vegas has done that. They almost got burned in the last game. And quickly. Lastly, on Petrangelo, he's a dirty son of a gun. I'm yes, telling you that right now. He 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 is a dirty son of a gun. Now he got suspended. Uh, what did he do earlier? He like got a suspension or could have gotten a suspension. And it was on dry. He sidle. came out of the penalty box. A high stick. It was on dry sidle. You're right. The, the the full hack across the the forearm. He got that was dirty. But he also he gets a a delay of game penalty with 17 seconds left. So he's sitting in the box. Florida six players against Vegas is four plus the goaltender and the buzzer goes and there's a melee around the crease and Aiden Hill is in there punching samurai art, and they're getting on top of each other. Kachuk is in there. All of a sudden you see number seven, Petrangelo in the melee. You're like, what is he doing there? Like, how did he come out of the box and join the group? It's like somebody jumping over the boards. Somebody that's on the bench, jumping over the boards and joining the group, like he doesn't have the right to be there. Now, is it Petrangelo? Well, we don't know that. I haven't gotten my investigative, like cameras and all the angles. Like, is the locker room? Not the locker room. The penalty box attendant opened the door for Petrangelo to come out. Okay, if that's the case, not his fault. But if Petrangelo reached the handle and opened himself the door and came out, then yes, absolutely his fault. So we don't know that. And nothing's going to happen because it, it, it got cleared up. Everything's fine. didn't even get a penalty. At he the didn't end of the do game. anything. But that's Petrangelo. How about just for getting on the ice? I understand like, that. He's not allowed All right. to be
0: there. He's also not Matthew Kachuk. If you've reverse that and Kachuk left the penalty box at that point in time, he would have come in flying, WWE style, jumped on top of the pile, carped at the officials, taken six more ten-minute misconducts, and would have made a mockery of the situation. Like it's uh-huh. Petrangelo went in, he either kicked a bottle or a glove out of the way and then stood there, played peacemaker until Kachuk no. wrapped his arms around his neck and made it out to be like rodeo again. Like, you know, we can be true at the same time. Matthew Kachuk can be one of the best players. He can also be the biggest, you know what, and the biggest detriment to like officiating, trying to control the masses. He's got 50 penalty minutes in the series. There are sabers (laughs) in the last 12 years that have not, that have come nowhere close
1: to 50 penalty minutes. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that say we need people that are gonna take 50 penalty minutes right. in one game, and we'd love that, like right. But but Petrangelo, like maybe he's smart enough, maybe he got on the ice and realized, oh crap, I shouldn't be here, but right. I'm here. So I better do something, but not do enough, right? So maybe yeah. he's smart enough, but Petrangelo is dirty, man. Matthew Kachuk is banged up, like you could see. Matthew Kachuk can barely move his one shoulder. Like, after he got rocked by Colosar in game three, he was on the bench. First, he had to leave the bench for concussion protocol. And then when he got back to the bench, the trainer had him put his arm over his head sideways to check his shoulder. Hang, Magic hang a what? Did Chuck.
0: You said something that we never talked about. If he left for concussion protocol, which I doubt, why did he play the power play before leaving?
1: No, he didn't because it went straight to commercial.
0: So, right, that's he what got I'm but he...
1: by Colossar.
0: Yeah, he never he missed a shift.
1: Colossar. There was a scrum. Yeah, but there was, he got rocked by Colosar. There was a penalty on the play. Then there was the commercial break. So, he went to the room during the commercial break. He came back out. But look, when you get called, and the league called for the spotter, Pierre LeBron asked Paul Maurice uh why did Kachuk leave the bench he said he got called in now here's the thing duffer and i i get what you're saying is if the concussion spotter says we need to pull him out of the 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 game is the is is the test the concussion test should be like a five ten minute thing at the very least right like it shouldn't be a 30 second thing but the concussion spotter's job is just to say hey listen come here for a second right i'm in the stands i'm on the in the back i see the play I need to just look at you. Kachuk probably went to the guy, and the guy says, hey, did you get hit in the head? No, I got hit in the shoulder. My shoulder hurts. Okay, let me look at you. I'm good. My head's fine. My shoulder hurts. I'm good. Okay, that's fine. Like, it's just to to add an extra layer of, of let's check you out. Now, if the concussion spotter, when he has Kachuk in front of him, looks at him, and Kachuk looks a little sideways and looks like his eyes are... Crossed over a little bit, then it's remove you for five ten minutes. Let's look at you more. But I think they did the job, and then they deemed that no, he, his head is fine, and obviously his head is fine, and he went back and played. But he's banged up. He's he's really banged up.
0: Yeah, I I will never attach myself to that last statement of yours. Obviously, his head is fine. I don't know that. I certainly don't assume that. And I want no part of that statement. So, so um, this
1: statement is brought to you by Marty Baron only, yes. not to be endorsed by Brian Duff.
0: Yes, thank you for le- legal reasons. Yeah, I got Zig on the for legal. I got Zig on the bat phone here. We got to you know make sure we're not uh, hitching our ride to the wrong <laughs> thing here. Um, okay, now. I apologize for getting animated and distorting audio if that was, in fact, the case there when I was screaming about Matthew Kachuk. But, you know, I've been building it up all weekend, (laughs) so I just had to let it go. Um, There is, perhaps ironically, there is a, you know, like a Kachuk Jr. type name that's floating out there now. Travis Me.
1: Ooh, I like where you're going.
0: So like, what what do we what do we like I know on hockey night on Saturday, you know, Fridge and 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 David Amber were are talking about Scott Lawton. And obviously you've talked a lot about what the Flyers and Danny Briere are likely to be doing here, hoping to do somewhere in between. So whether it's Carter Hart or Scott Lawton or Travis connectney or whoever on the heels of Proveroff going last week, you know, this this could be a, a real like blowing up of the Flyers who in your opinion because Proborov clearly didn't who in your opinion from the Flyers could make sense for Kevin Adams in this ongoing roster reconstruction for the Sabres as they push towards a playoff spot
1: look um I love Scott Lawton I think he's a great player the rumor is that the flyers have already turned down a late first round pick for him. So Mm -hmm. I think the price for Scott Lawton is going to be more than what I would pick, right? Like if it's a, if you're thinking about a, a first round pick for Scott Lawton, I'm like, okay, like it's a little bit much. I don't see Scott Lawton being a top two lines type of player with the Buffalo Sabres. So are you willing to part ways with a first round pick for what would be a third liner? Um, I think it fits the Sabres. Now, Travis Konechny is a completely different story. I have loved Travis Konechny since I was on the ice with him. He was a 14-going-on 15-year-old player. He was on the ice with Matt Barzell, uh, Connor McDavid, Like, all those guys, we were on the ice in Toronto. I coached their team. And I remember having to tell Konechny in the game, like, hey, listen, this is an all-star game. Like, you are crushing people. And you may need to, like, pull it back a little bit because we don't want anybody getting hurt. He had that in him as a 15-year-old duffer. Mm -hmm. And I think Konechny fits the Flyers perfectly. But there has been some oil and vinegar type... Moments this year with John Tortorella, Travis Konechny, the Flyers, the, his agent, whatnot. So I'm looking at, I really would, would 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 throw a big package at getting Travis Konechny. If the Flyers want to rebuild, the Sabres have plenty of prospects, but they don't have anybody like Travis Konechny in their roster. And I would take that right away.
0: Oh, Marty, you make me laugh. And I don't want to laugh because I don't want to make it sound like I'm having fun at your expense. (laughs) But I have to. You know that oil and vinegar go together, right? It's oil and water. (laughs) that don't. Oil and
1: water. Sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There was oil
1: and water. Yes, oil and water. Yeah, oil and vinegar. That that mixing well with like some bread and some some bread. Yes,
0: thank you. Yes, exactly, (laughs) exactly. And the beauty of Konechny is he's being paid the appropriate bread. He has had the perfect contract for a while, and he's got two years left at five point five million, and he's a thirty goal scorer for the first time. Who doesn't want to jump on that? But is there something amiss with Konechny that wouldn't somehow fit?
1: with what Adams is trying to build. No, the age fits. Salary structure fits the type of player. I believe fits. He has offensive upside can play uh, a physical type of game can be getting under the skin. Um, you know, I, I hate to say it because I really think that a guy like Rasmus Dalin, a guy like Dylan cousins, a guy like Owen power, they can totally defend and protect themselves mm-hmm. but if you have somebody that runs around on the other team and all of a sudden Konechny gets on the ice and he does his running around like you're kind of you know like putting some water here on the fire and saying okay let's be done with this like I can play that game too and I think in the long run that could be really really um you know responsible for the Sabres to have that now now hey, you don't want a fort liner that has that role, right? Because the fort liner plays every so often. And then the other team says, don't worry about him. He's just a fort liner. Travis mm-hmm. Konechny is not a fort liner. So when he gets on the ice, the other team is like, hey, we got to pay attention to Travis Konechny. We got to take care of him. We got to watch him. He can score. He can do this. So I would I would take Travis Konechny in a heartbeat. I would package prospects like what do the flyers want they they seem to be in this rebuilt right they go and acquire picks or whatever give it to them like package all of that
0: yeah i have to confess um i have been a really big connect me fan since prior to the draft um more so it, it's you know it not just because of the hockey like we you know we have often you know opportunity to kind of get to know some of the prospects a little bit. And I'm a big believer that you can you can take a fair amount away from, you know, your first meeting with someone and uh, just kind of how they're wired. And uh, it's obviously not a be-all and end-all. But there was always a lot to like for Konechni, uh for, from connectney for me. And I think at times it has taken him a little longer in script. But, I mean, again, the, this the last year he was on pace for 40 um, before injury and he still ended up with a career-high 31 so i think he would be a great fit it then becomes a numbers situation you know because you did bring in greenway at the end of last year um there's still a jury out there on uh you know is joe's going to be back we haven't even officially you know seen whether Gergensen's is still in the mix um and obviously yeah. a, a lot of people talk about olofsson and and um and where he fits in all this and whether he's part of a package so a lot of moving parts potentially, but I do think um um of from the weekend crowd of names that came out, I think I think Connect me for me is is probably one of the most uh, appealing.
1: I think like the big thing here, and you mentioned the name Olafson. I believe that if you are bringing in a top nine or top six player, it mm-hmm. is going to come at the expense of Victor Olafson. Um, that probably is. And now I laugh because I mean we're we're not in Philadelphia. I mean, if somebody's listening to us in Philadelphia, they got the Odyssey app and they're pulling WGR five hundred and fifty and they're listening. I'd really love to see Victor playing with John Tortorella. That would be that that would be oil and vinegar and water all mixed together.
0: <laughs> well, I know this. Um, I don't anticipate that being you know a deal that we would see um i think these would be separate deals no. separate uh you know and let's face it i mean arizona controls the fate of pretty much every franchise in the nhl right now in fact they're likely to wreak havoc create damage cause damage at the draft in fact it says so in the headlines on nhl.com so maybe we'll dive into that when we come back that is Sab- so funny on sabers live not we sarcastic are at-, at all really oh Man, I'm getting good at this. Uh, We are at the Rick Martin Memorial Classic at River Oaks today. Brian Duff, Marty Baran, and our crew. A radio-only show of Sabres Live. Glad you're with us on WGR Sports Radio 550.
1: Listen to every MLB game live.
0: the deep left center field, it is high, it is
1: far, it is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader.